Hi guys, welcome back to the Revive Stronger podcast. I'm your host, as always, Steve Hall, and today we have a very exciting roundtable, kind of just discussion between three individuals, or rather a coach and their client, and I'll be a bit more descriptive. That is Alberto Nunez from 3DMJ and his client, Dirk, who came and won the WMBF World Amateur title and went pro as a WMBF competitor the previous season 2021 and did fantastic and there was a little bit of controversy surrounding his prep as well in terms of their approach but it was very successful so we're going to kind of dig into that see what lessons they learned what went well what maybe didn't what maybe they're changing future and also dig into Dirk's offseason and what they're going to do there so guys enjoy this one as ever, we do have our own contest prep, ultimate guide to contest prep ebook. So if you want to learn more about the depths of contest prep, a lot of the things we talked about within this podcast are covered in our ebook in depth. So definitely have a look and check that one out in our shop. You can pick it up as an ebook or a hard copy if you head over to JPS and their website. So guys, without further ado, let's get into the show. Hi guys, welcome to the Revive Stronger podcast. I'm your host, as always, Steve Hall, and today I have Alberto Nunez, who hopefully 99% of our audience know. Alberto Nunez is obviously a pro natural bodybuilder from 3DMJ, 3D Muscle Journey, um, and within their team, and is a great coach as well. And one of his clients is also on the show, and that is Dirk. And uh, Dirk has become uh, a bit notorious within the natural bodybuilding scene. So you might not know who he is if you're not within our scene, uh, but he did incredibly well this latest season uh, with Alberto in his corner as well. And we're going to kind of dig into that season a little bit. Uh, so to give kind of a, a brief introduction, Dirk had a fantastic season in 2021. He was the amateur world champion at the WMBF. I managed to hang out with him for a little bit um, in terms of actually hanging out with him, not on stage. Unfortunately, I wasn't in the kind of overall final, not, not quite. Um, and he won his WMBF pro card as well. And uh, now he's in his off season and he came in gnarly shredded crazy condition and that definitely definitely made him just kind of untouchable along with tons of muscle there so uh, Dirk is a fantastic bodybuilder and one of the kind of controversies controversies that happened during the season was a photo of Dirk or basically anytime Dirk probably shared a photo there's probably people looking at it being like what the hell man this just doesn't seem right um, it didn't, didn't matter where how close you were to stage uh, the photos were always kind of just out there and uh, amazing uh, one of these photos was shared by the, I think it was the Team 3DMJ page. We even had a discussion between Alberto and Andrew Chappelle earlier uh, that, that year, um, kind of before the, the season had finished. And I guess part of that discussion was surrounding kind of burnout, like deteriorating, getting worse, being ready too soon. And I'd love for maybe Alberto to initially start up with, because I think you kind of uh, were saying that, it's not necessarily every athlete that can get into Dirk's position. So it's kind of unique to him. So I think it's great to have you both on, but uh, before we talk about kind of what happened exactly uh, and the lessons and takeaways, maybe work, walk through kind of your stages for Dirk um, for him, like setting him up and, and how you got to that point and why maybe as well, if that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess it, it all goes back to uh, sports specificity, right? So say for, a powerlifter, it's like, hey, if you're, I don't know, your 10 rep max bench press went up, it's like, that's good, but like, we're trying to get good at this. So they tend to trail not too far away from that, right? When it comes to like this one major um, 
thing that you have to bring to that bodybuilding stage, especially when it comes to natural bodybuilding, because, you know, from a muscularity standpoint, you know, we can't hang with those IFBB pros, right? Uh, so what do we have left? We have, you know, symmetry, which, you know, okay, uh, that's, that's kind of depends on your taste of physique, which, which ones are more uh, symmetrical and flowy, but conditioning, that's the one thing that we have that I'd say almost every single year, you look at the top, the most conditioned athletes on this planet, it, it comes from our sport, you know? Um, so we want to be close to that when we're entering this specific phase, this contest prep phase. So I have always uh, targeted to have an athlete start their prep in the best possible position for them, you know, and this is, yes, genetics is going to be a big part there. Uh, also, you know, their, their own experience as well. You know, like, uh, like I have a bunch of athletes this year who I've set up and their setups look a little bit different. Like to the point where it's like, man, I want to start this all over again. But I'm like, no, because like when I was posting Dirk, some of my athletes were like, oh, hold up. You set me up. You didn't set me up this good, you know? Yeah. And and it's like, well, I mean, there's there's context and there's there's certain reasons as to why we're starting off this way. But definitely, you know, with said person, our goal is to make it a little better like every single time. Um, so with, with Dirk, you know, he's always had a pretty low body fat set point. Like uh, when he was doing his parkour, I think he had like almost glute tie-ins and he was, he was jumping off buildings and, and such. So you got to feel okay to do that, right? To do some parkour. Uh, so, you know, we had that uh, along with, you know, we had trialed enough fat loss phases to the point where we actually did some pretty assertive mini cuts. Like I think to the point where at some point he brought up more of a rapid fat loss type of approach to me. And I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's figure this out. Let's see if it breaks you or not, for example. Right. You know, like no time, like the off season to, to figure out if you're wrong on something. And he kept passing the grade with those. Like he just kept, it's like, all right, I'm done. Like three, four weeks of dieting. I, I believe like we're, we're good. Let's start gaining again. Um, so all these factors ended up having Dirk start in a position where, I, you know, honestly, for some people, if that was your first go at the uh, like contest prep shape, like that, that, that would be more than acceptable, I think, you know? Um, so that was the, the first major conflict was just like, okay, where we started and then where we started relative to some of the shows that we were targeting. Um, and I think both him and I now can say that, okay, next time we'll probably start that March a little bit closer to the last show. But with uh, a lot of the things also going on in 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 twenty twenty one in regards to like who, what's going to be open in the northern hemispheres once winter comes around, right? It was one of those things where it's like, okay, well, you know, we'll do this because that way we can put ourselves in a better position to for sure be one hundred percent at those first shows. And then if I have to leave him hanging a little bit, I really trust that Dirk can hold it together mentally and from a physiological standpoint as, as well. So uh, I think the lesson there was just more so, you know how that goes, man. It's like you, uh, one of your athletes can post something, they tag you in it. And then all these people have all these many different opinions on the matter, but they don't understand exactly what's going on behind closed doors. And, and, and often it might not look like the most, um, I guess, balance of solutions, right? The, the the more the most logical common one but when you 
take the time to understand what's actually going on, you, you find out that, oh, wow, like, okay, that's, that's a good idea, you know? So it ended up being a good idea, but I think me and Dirk were both completely okay with being wrong because you're going to be wrong a few times at this and this sport will humble anyone at some point. Yeah, I think uh, context is key, as they say, and there was just a severe lack of context. And uh, so I guess it, it's fine that it brought a lot of discussion. And uh, I think it was fruitful in the end, yes. I mean, totally fruitful in the end. And it's been great to be able to be part of that with the podcast and having you guys delve into it. Um, and actually, just to touch on for you, Dirk. So where do you feel your best, like, body fat off season wise? Uh, have you always like, touch on some of those points in terms of like, having slight lines in your glutes and you're doing parkour and everything what's your like history look like have you ever been like particularly overweight or have you always been on the leaner side just so the the audience have some content yeah so um yeah i'm always kind of was more so the leaner guy like the skinny man always like in school when i was doing parkour i was i feel my body weight was around 50 kg or so when i when i was doing parkour so super light and also like in school and stuff I was always the kid who was never eating a lot I was like ah food it doesn't matter so much to me like I was never like that guy who was like oh like looking forward to eat and stuff I was always like like not the small eater but it was never had a high priority for me so and with parkour when I was doing that like yeah was always very lean like I was always yeah like that and then when I started with, with bodybuilding, it was the first time where I actually like, I kind of like focused on, on food and increasing body weight. And this was like, it's still to this day, it's hard for me like to gain weight at a certain point. Like I uh, really early on, I need to force feed myself to get calories in and to gain weight. That's always the harder, hardest part for me. Like when people ask me like, like nutrition wise, what's harder for you? Like the prep or the off season, I will always say like off season is harder for me nutrition wise. Like doing prep, it's just a side effect of that low body fat, but nutrition wise, it's never a big struggle for me. So yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing. And I think context is very important. And there are some people like who have like, yeah, lower body fat set point and it has his, the benefit, but also, like I said, in the off season, it can be a little bit annoying. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it sounds, I think mm. people listening are like, <laughs> that, that there's probably more people listening who are like that sounds like the opposite to me like i'm more was always liking my food thinking about food and mm. um not not on the leaner side and so when you do have like you, you're kind of like set up from like a genetic standpoint maybe to be a good and successful dieter uh so that's really really cool and that just makes the process easier i would presume was mm-hmm. there any points with like when you're working actually i guess as a kind of the uh, athlete was there any times where you felt I, I guess how did Berto earn your trust did he need to earn your trust or did you trust him the entire way were there any moments where you're like oh I'm not sure was this um social media did social media have a an impact there because that's something like in the old days like no one would have to deal with any of that pressure and now it's like a, a new modern age bodybuilder like you have to deal with the the pros and the cons I guess that social media brings yeah, like I, I always trusted him. <laughs> like, like even after this post, I trusted him still 100%. Like we did our thing all the way. And we also talked like that. Yeah, we don't get distracted by the opinions from, from social media and stuff and just doing our thing. 
and because we yeah we saw results i still i still felt great like when that picture was posted i think nine weeks out where a lot of people flipped out honestly i've still felt all right and birdo knew that from the check-ins so the, the hardest part was like yeah that last i think four pounds or so where it got really really rough and then birdo also knew it when yeah things got really rough actually <laughs> So what's the last little bit? <laughs> I still remember. So yeah. <laughs> and, and Steve, I, I needed to give him that pressure, man. Like I, I'm like, you know what? I think from now until when you're done with bodybuilding, you're going to have eyes on you. So guess what? This is this is maybe, you know, we didn't plan for this, but this is just gonna be part of your bodybuilding, competitive bodybuilding 101. Um, because I mean when I when I weigh out his talent, uh yeah, here's here gives gives people an idea. Like, give me Sean Corita at his, at his peak when he was in the WMBF and Dirk, like probably this next version. I think Dirk gets him nine out of ten times. So, like, like that's I mean that, that's the shirt he's wearing today. Like, I give you yeah, I can see like, it. <laughs> you know, you know, like uh, the this is this is the giant killer for the 2020s. Um, you know, so that's that's how good he is. And guess what? When you know you you are given that platform, it's just always going to be that way, and you're going to have to learn to drown out the noise. Yeah, I think whenever you are su very successful in something, you're always going to have your doubters or haters or but the bigger people want to I don't know uh, question you, uh, understand you as well as an individual because you have to be special and a bit unique. Like we're kind of discovering with Dirk, not, not many people have the ability to have got to that level of condition with that muscularity and your, your kind of being able to be something special and show off actually on that note, just as a random side topic, Dirk, do you have any intentions to go the Sean Clarita route and, and delve into the IFBB or is it a natural, uh, you're put you the natty boys, right? <laughs> you have to say yeah. that's your podcast <laughs> yeah yeah definitely like like the main thing with 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 the sport i had my first season and i still feel there's so much more potential naturally like within the next 10 to 15 years and this like yeah pumps me also so much up to stay natural because i know there's so much more potential what and yeah like i said the first season and there's more so much more to come so this keeps me up a lot. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Crazy. I should have mentioned it was your first season as well. I just think to most people's first seasons and do not <laughs> do not go that way. Uh, but having said that, it makes it sound a bit kind of you'd already had like mini seasons without competing, like you said with Alberto, like you'd already kind of mm. tested the water. You'd already got quite lean. You kind of yes, knew yes. what you were looking for. So it wasn't like a, I don't know, you know, someone else out there can't be like, oh yeah, my first season, I'm just going to do a Dirk, you know, they're <laughs> kind of framing this like as if that's achievable, but um, it's not that way for everyone. So yeah, actually, Alberto, there's something I'm interested in is that kind of once you're in that zone of kind of almost your competition lean not maybe completely like all the way there yet how pliable is someone in that state because you kind of mentioned uh, maybe there's a mentality there like a psychological maybe it's more psychological than physiological because a lot of people worry about that kind of burnout once you're that lean kind of can you sustain that do you really have any more fat loss and kind of room to gauge or are you going to lose muscle training that sort of thing what does that how have you found that go for people okay um, so when we kick off the prep or once we're deep into a prep, 
So like deeper into it, like where where okay, Jake okay, was okay. when he's weeks out from the show. Okay. Yeah. Um, man, you 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 have to assess everything. Like I think it starts off with uh are we still responding in a quite predictable manner? Um is one. And you know, I like to also compare like what we do to uh what say happens in boxing matches with the corners. It's like your boxer is is back after a round and you know, it's like, hey, you know, you in there? Like, are we good? Are we good? <laughs> you know, and, uh, and you know, sometimes you you might say, this is this is it. This is uh, we're gonna have to throw in the towel, and, and this is this is good for now. You know, uh, sometimes it's like, hey, we need just a little cruisy round here. Just don't get hit for for this time period, and and then we'll we'll you know reconfigure and and, and go aggressively again. Um, but um, but yeah, you know, I think first it's is the body accepting of it. Um, which, you know, like, it, it can be a number of reasons as to maybe why, what, uh, is, is why the plan is not giving you the specific output that, that you, you desire in say a week, two weeks. There's many reasons as to, to why that might happen. But I, I think probably the psychological side outweighs that just a little bit, because sometimes there has been times where someone's body is quite responsive. It's like, we're getting everything we want every week. But, you know, if you take them there, if you take them beyond this point, it's like, hey, I might make make it so they don't come back for another prep or, or the, the trauma might be big enough that, you know, it might be a year before they feel normal again. So there's a lot of responsibility. And I think in order to make that part go, there needs to be a good communication line between both the coach and, and the athlete and the coach the athlete should be comfortable enough to say that hey like i'm good for now or or not necessarily they usually never say that they don't want to say like hey you know don't put me back in there uh but you know you can you can they, they, they'll drop they'll drop hints you know that, that you know this this might be as far as we should push right now and with dirk we had a few hard moments we, we definitely did uh but mm. you know i, I think when I looked at his history, I'm like, this is the first time you've been like tapped in the mouth by a fat loss phase. Um, I, I think you'll figure this out, you know, and, and we did kind of go a little bit easier during certain rounds uh, and then pushed again and, and kind of went back and forth. So it wasn't as linear as it might have appeared. Like there was a time where we actually pulled back a little bit too much because I felt like, OK, he needed a little breather before we really did what we had to do. And and that's exactly what we did. And, you know, he came back refreshed for the second half and, and he, he took care of business, but if he wouldn't have been ready for that, like, it's like, Hey, you know, again, like we've already done quite a bit. Uh, we can leave it here. Uh, we have to drown out whatever people might've said, you know, like you were going to hear a lot of, like, I told you so, but we were okay <laughs> yeah. with that, you know, because you know, again, like this isn't his last prep, ideally. It's like, we'll get to, you know, in, in the long term, I think we'll be correct in our assumptions, but, uh, but yeah, there was a lot of bobbing and weaving and, and a lot of uh, just open dialogue along the way to make sure that he was safe and good to continue. Hey, Pascal here. I just wanted to take the moment to talk about our membership site. Inside, you'll find a thriving forum, an extensive exercise library, courses, presentations, and research reviews. All I need you to do is hit the link in the description below and sign up. See you there.
I really like that analogy and I like that you kind of describe the non-linear like it's non-linear uh in yeah. that you can go like push and pull and I think a lot of people just think like you're in prep it's just yeah. straight down and we've had round tables with yourself in there in terms of like refeeds and diet breaks and things and um, they come into question whether or not they're physiological psychological all these kind of things but obviously you found them to be incredibly beneficial and i think like we mentioned there if they are psychological even like for the benefit for the most part like it's a huge psychological battle huge. at that yeah. point yeah so that's something i learned that season after having it get extended for me to be in that period of time where i was at a kind of a really good level of condition and i was like actually you can kind of have a bit of a play here if you're willing to if you can take your foot off the gas a little bit and then push again and you can kind of do that because some people you take the foot the gas off the foot your foot off the gas sorry <laughs> and you end up kind of just driving off and you're completely lost um Dirk out of interest what was the do you remember what the lowest your food got to and how much kind of if you had to do any cardio or steps and that sort of thing how, where did that go yeah like cardio not at all we kept steps at like 10 to 12k the rule prep and the lowest the food got, got was like when we ate up too assertively, then we got down, I think, to 1,900, 1,900 calories for like, I don't know, like three weeks, four weeks, something like that. But before the lowest we've got was like, I think, 2,700 or so when we got really lean already, because after that too assertive eat up, we didn't have that much time left. So we actually, yeah, <laughs> needed to go a little bit more aggressively for that last dig for the for worlds. So yeah, it was around 1,900, but in all honesty, it didn't make a huge difference feeling-wise for me, like 1,900 calories or 2,700. I've still felt all the same diet effects. So it was totally the same for me, <laughs> kind just of. Just less, yeah. less chewing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, when I, just when less. I brought them out. <laughs> Um, it was one of those where it's like, okay, this might be it. Like, this might be the end of the road. Like, this might be as lean as we get. Let's start to bring things up. Um, and this is something that works sometimes. Like, like sometimes, like, like, what really sparked him was maybe being on that stage at like 96%, 97%. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's experience that. Like, sometimes you just eat that first competition and then you're like, okay. I'm rejuvenated, like, let's go. And that's exactly what happened with him. It's like, once he's like, okay, I'm good, but I I can be better. And whatever I was experiencing with that first dig, I, 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 I'm more than ready to do that one, one more time. So sometimes it works out that way. And I think for him, like just seeing how good he could be, uh, made, made the suck that was going to come after like right before worlds, not as big of a deal. Yeah. That hard dirk, like pulling back and then pushing again. How how was that mentally for you? Did you it, was it kind of you were like, the athlete and you were following orders, or did you feel like did you did you struggle with it at all? Like I was totally like in this moment, totally the athlete. I was super motivated. Like after I think the GMBF was it where like where I clearly saw like I looked better before that shows, and I was like, man, I looked better before. So. I, I want to bring that to the stage, actually, that look. And we, like, even, yeah, um, got got a better look on Worlds compared to that dig before. So we got even leaner than before that dig. So this was actually quite cool to see. It was still really hard, but, yeah, but somehow not as hard as the first time. Like, 
and we got even leaner than that. So yeah, it was that last dig and it really kept me going, but yeah, it was still hard mentally for sure, but <laughs> we made it. <laughs> Yeah. And something that I think is really clear with uh, you guys and that you've mentioned a few times there, Berto, is the importance of communication. Because like to mm. if you you're blind to how your athlete is feeling, you don't know if you should be pushing them harder or pulling back or what have you. And uh, so the audience know how does your guys' check-in process kind of how did that look like? How are you communicating uh, leading into the shows? Um yeah, so we, we would do there's the you know, objective data, so the spreadsheets, like what are the numbers doing? Um, there was the physique, which I personally, I like video because video works a little bit better than pictures because sometimes, you know, how it goes with pictures. It's like, hey, you know, it could have been snapped at the wrong moment and, and something didn't pop this week. So video is better because sometimes even the transitions, like if someone's setting, like moving from one post to the next, you're like, oh, that's, that's, that's a new line that was not there. Um, so that, that's, that's super important. Um, th that sort of data, but then there's like the dear diary section where it's just like, all right, plop the camera in front of you. I think initially it's a little weird for people, but then it's like, you know, that deep into prep, you're actually going to like really enjoy this period to stop and think about how the week went. And that's where, you know, you look for little things, you look for little things like in regards to you know, of course, like what they're trying to convey to you, but also uh, a big one for me is is like how they're speaking. You know, like their the the rate of speech and things like that. Um, I do have to put you at one point five speed or two speed, right? Like, uh, so so we're, we're we're monitoring all those things. You know, like shoot, I've even monitored like people's like rooms. It's like, Kev, hey, it's getting really dirty back there. Like, <laughs> chances are. They're really like struggling and just slothing about. Um, so yeah, you try to pick up on as many things that are specific to the individual. And I think that's why working with people for extended periods of time, like you, you just get to know them better. And, and sometimes without them actually saying it, you can, you can pick up on what might be going on, especially again, if you're an experienced competitor yourself, it's like, okay, you know, I've, I think I know what's happening here and, and, and you can through that, um, yeah, give the athlete your best estimations in regards to what you should do next. Yeah, I think uh, with the online coaching, I don't, I don't know how many online coaches use these kind of the video diary sort of check-ins, which I, I know I took from you guys uh, when I got into the industry and like I just held on to them because I find them incredibly valuable and I, I don't feel like I could do my job as well as uh -huh. I do without them. Uh, but I think... A lot of coaches just look at their numbers on the spreadsheet and they just, uh, you're not losing, take more food away or what have you. Uh, and that that can be dangerous. For you, Dirk, how was the, the check-in process for you? Did you enjoy kind of having that moment of just sitting in front of the camera and, and like, de did it de-stress you in that moment? I'm kind of putting words in your mouth, but how, how did you like the check-in process? I honestly loved it. Like I was always looking forward, like every Monday, and did a check-in. I was always looking forward for like when Birdo sent me like, yeah, what to do next, the next steps was always, yeah, cool moment. And also like, yeah, the posing, obviously I like practiced it nearly every morning and this was like total routine. I was even filming it up, like even without a check-in to just see myself if there can be anything done better and stuff. And yeah, also cool for myself to have like a kind of like a little diary more or less. So yeah, was super amazing definitely <laughs> uh, what was the hardest thing for you throughout the entire prep duck like what, what 
what like a diet fatigue symptom or what aspect did you find most challenging most challenging part oh <laughs> i think one of the most challenging parts was when i got really worried about when we yeah ate up to assertive i saw like the shape was getting worse and worse and this was mentally extremely hard for me i was like like i looked so much better before that and like then now i need to fix it and this was actually a really hard time like for a day or so it was like really oh and this sucks like <laughs> and i was every day looking like oh let's fix it let's fix, <laughs> fix it fix it and stuff so this was really hard mentally and yeah diet fatigue wise i would just say the low energy at some point like like everything felt hard like i would say this was definitely the hardest part like training was also no more fun so at some point i think you know it like training becomes like yeah like okay let's do it and <laughs> no more dopamine and stuff from training <laughs> that's for yeah. sure <laughs> did you manage how did your performance go yeah. did, did it plummet with those last four pounds at all or did you manage to hold on to a lot of your performance honestly i would say it didn't drop at all like the rule uh, prep at the beginning we made progress and it didn't drop at all like no strength drops or like even reps stayed the same so this was actually also <laughs> really amazing yeah and we used less one. volume than, than previous uh, uh blocks that we had put together you know i think that was exactly uh, that on my end that's something that you know like one thing about prep is it, it does let you whatever things you might be doing wrong when it comes to the systems you're applying to a situation it, you're more transparent so let's just say if your day-to-day life is not working out in regards to stress maybe it's not the most conducive environment to bodybuilding like you'll figure that out on the way like as you're prepping you know it's 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 you know your your stress would just gets a little bit smaller so with training, like that's one way to kind of decipher, like how much junk volume do I have in here, right? Because your body kind of tells you, you know, like I remember my first few preps, there was just, I'm like, like, man, I could probably cut it here. And I think we'd be good, but I don't want to, because that's not what I did during the, the off season. So like, for me, it's always trying to create as much, as little contrast between like off season, on season as within the confines of what's realistic, but, but training is one of those things where the way, you know, there's that U shape that people talk about um, when it comes to the relationship between volume and, and, you know, the amount of adaptations you get. And I feel that the peak is kind of similar. It's just that when you're prepping, it's instead of a U shape, it's, it's kind of a, like a, a V. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah, really quickly, it just starts to do that. So like this, this prep, we decided, Hey, you know what? Like, let's play around with this. I think it's going to be more conducive to the long term." And he was able to keep up with it. And, uh, and we're kind of playing off that trend right now as, as we get into our off season. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think had we not had that little intervention there and just gone for it and he hadn't been trusting of that, I don't think he'd be able to say the same thing about performance. Cause we were using, I think our first few blocks together, like in regards to volume, like it was, it was quite overdosed in, in hindsight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So you say, Ed, is the volume that you're now in your off-season with like similar to your comp prep uh, levels of volume in terms of, I guess, like hard sets? I would say totally the same right now. Okay. Yeah, kind of really similar approach. So let's see how it is. Like when it worked that good during prep, 
it can just work as good with enough food. So to set a good stimulus. So we're we excited to see how that will play out. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, and actually talking about off-season, uh, how's the, I guess, hopefully people are familiar with the recovery diet. I did a whole episode with uh, Jeff on that. So people should understand that. And I know that's something that you guys used in this situation. How how did you find it, Dirk? How, how are you feeling now? It's now, I don't know, actually, it feels like ages since we can, we finished. So it's months <laughs> and months. So yeah. are, you feeling, are you feeling good? How long did it take for you to feel good? And kind of how much weight did that mean you had to gain? Yes, I would say like six to eight weeks where I felt to totally normal again. Like most symptoms went away after like two weeks or so, I would say. But we gained weight really ass assertively. Like I think <laughs> within one week, I've gained like five kg the first week. And then afterwards, a little bit slower. And we went up to like 73, like eight kg above stage weight in within like yeah six to eight weeks, I would say. So this was that fine line, like eight kg above stage weight, where I said, okay, I feel normal again. Everything is fine. And yeah, like really assertively the first two weeks, I think we had like first week, like, I don't know in Vegas, how much we ate. Probably 10 K on, on the first <laughs> one or two days. <laughs> you know, and I love that and then, because... Yeah. A few years ago, you know, the, the reverse diet was a thing. And like I was always stressing. It's like, you know, he's like, you want your guys to just relax and get back to life. But at the same time, you're kind of as a coach, like, hey, you know, hold your horses. But this time it was nice because like, you know, him and Wayne were like painting the town red, like just eating everything. <laughs> and I'm like, go get it, boys. You know, like, like this is the most efficient way to to normal. And, and you know, it was, it was just nice to not have to tell them anything. And just like you guys are doing the right thing in the long run. And, and was that amount of weight gain and that assertive approach with Dirk, is that a, a similar approach you take with uh, other individuals or was it kind of like prep was a, Dirk's a bit of a unique individual in terms of how he could get to prep. Was his reverse similar or uh, kind of a bit more unique to him or recovery rather than reverse? Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, you know, again, it's like, you got to see what the person's history was like, it, you know, dirt came with, you know, previous like binge eating disorders. It'd be one of those things where it's like, okay, like, cause that's what, you know, honestly, like what, what, what they were doing like, from a medical standpoint, I think yeah. it probably would look that way. Uh, but you, you know, we understand it's very transient. It's like, it's, it's, it's like, just give them a month. <laughs> so they'll be wishing they were having oatmeal for breakfast again. So so you know, it, it depends on the person's history, you know, they're, they're obviously their, their body fat set points, uh, also psychological matters, you know, like you kind of want to blend both where it's like, okay, what's the best thing for the person, but then also, you, you know, what is, what is the best thing for their, for them from a, from a mental standpoint. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's a few moving parts, but generally it's like similar trends. Like the first two weeks we want to, be pretty assertive with it, but that's going to look very different from, from person to, to person. But with him, you know, it was, it was very hands-off and just like, just go, go do your thing. I think in three or four weeks, you'll be dying to have, you know, fresh fruit in your diet again. I guess for some people like <laughs> Dirk was the extreme level of, he got that lean. So he yeah. needed that amount mm -hmm. of recovery and also Dirk can handle a lot of food. So the damage, I don't know, the, like the damage control but for both those, for those reasons yeah. was limited. So you could be really hands-off, but I don't know. There could be someone who dieted for a similar length of time, but didn't get anywhere near as lean and 
they are on low food maybe compare comparatively and like they're not going to be able to have that kind of fun looking recovery <laughs> process afterwards <laughs> yeah it's funny because it's like it's it's like you said it's like damage you know you want to think about the damage you're doing but at the same time it's it's also there's also like filling out like the potholes too right so it's like it's a little bit of both in a way right and uh and yeah i, I think with him he had gotten to the point where you know he's like okay i like this bodybuilding thing it's like i i want to I want to do this right and I want to put myself in the best position possible to just work on getting better as quickly as possible. So even though like, you know, it was, it took many pancakes and it looked like all fun. It was actually like the right thing to do, you know, cause come 2023, you know, it's not going to matter what you look like, you know, month or two months post show. What's going to matter is like how much of that off season did he use wisely? is always my point of for that period of time you just need to get back to the thing that builds muscle is gym performance and improving that so if you are holding your body fat levels and recovering or reversing slowly and not seeing good gym performance you're just extending that time so like Dirk I imagine you're able you I imagine you're already seeing good numbers in the gym actually if you already hit some like pbs or prs are you close definitely yeah so yeah definitely like I think after like four to five weeks or so I started making progress again or like three to four weeks really quick. I felt like, yeah, man, making progress again, putting on new tissue. And that's, that's the main goal after prep, I would say. And that's why I've all, also why we done it so assertively to be in that place again, like hormonally and stuff to, yeah, make new gains again. That's, that's the goal. So, and to feel normal obviously again. So yeah. And it worked greatly, greatly, definitely. And are you prioritizing anything? Because obviously, yeah, I think it's 2023 is the next time you're looking to compete. I think you have to through the WNBF compete in 2023 uh, to keep your pro card. Um, potentially, I don't know if they extended it, allow you to extend it. I think there might be some circumstances they allow that. But 2023 in mind, what is the goal for you to be better than you were 2021? What are you going to do differently? Or rather, what are you going to bring up this offseason? Yeah, the, the main goal obviously is to be bigger like way bigger. I want to be like yeah, next year to bring like something totally different, like a good, yeah, that you can see uh, say like, oh, that's a huge difference. Like definitely more muscular. That's, that's the main goal. Like the, the real backside, I, I want to focus like on the, on the real back on arms to, yeah, improve these a lot. Like, but basically everything that's the goal and, and yeah, off season wise, focusing just on that, making progress, eating enough. And yeah, that's mainly it. <laughs> you, so the, I haven't mentioned it, but for the listeners, you're a bantam weight, right? What, what was your stage? Yes. What's, the, what's your, are, are you thinking you might push into lightweights or yeah, well, I guess you'll land where you land maybe. I don't want to speak for you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely like just seeing where, where I will land. I think my stage weight was 65.5. So lightweight would be like 68 kg. So that's still a bit, but who knows, like in the pro division, that's not always a Bantam class. So I would maybe automatically jump into the lightweight class and go from there. And yeah. So let's see like what the stage weight will be next time. Like I don't have a number in my head. It's just like being as diced as possible and while being as full as possible. So I don't have any number in my head with that. 
But obviously, it would be good to be that, that body weight's going up higher than previous years. Um, there was off season. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's uh, you know some stones to turn there, I, I believe. Um, and again, it's just like I think the the competition season like brought more specificity to a situation. It's like there was this abstract goal before of we're going to compete and we want to be competitive bodybuilders, and like now it happened. So I think. In regards to to motivation and direction, uh, he's he's in a really really good place right now. Yeah, and actually, it's interesting to hear that you'll probably push to new uh, body weight heights because I guess with twenty twenty three in mind, it's quickly actually coming. I guess, like in a in a crazy way, we're already into like coming into March now. We're two months in, like full months in. So, have you already got mm. that kind of? Um, somewhat mapped out and blueprinted for Dirk, uh, Alberto? Have you got like something you want in mind, like planning backwards from those? Um, no, and you know what? I think to touch on, on one thing before we go there, um, one thing that was trailing behind was just gym motivation uh, for a minute. And, and this is something yeah. that I use with my athletes. It was uh, post-contest, just giving them like a high reps rickety type block. Um, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think yeah, it's going to give the connective tissue that, you know, really hasn't had a break in a while, um, some time to, to mend up and heal, uh, but also makes you long for like more traditional training. So he was having fun with that. Mm. You know, he was getting some endorphins, like some runner's eyes, almost from the high rep stuff. But after a few weeks, it's like, all right, can we just <laughs> do some yeah. traditional training again? So we pop that back in and and it's a pretty symmetrical, I think, system for now. But I think come next block, it's like, all right, we'll really get into the, the specifics a little bit more. I think with his, in his case, he's quite symmetrical everywhere. Um, obviously, there's some areas that, you know, again, like anyone that can be a little better, but Generally speaking, his stuff is going to look pretty symmetrical, but I, I do look forward to like now that, uh, again, like he's, he, he's like, okay, I'm a competitive bodybuilder, you know, and I don't want to have the sophomore jinx. Um, I, I think it's, it's going to be easier to give him a block that might look a little bit more asymmetrical compared to previous blocks that we might've ran. Very interesting. Yeah. I would say from, and people can go and look up duck, but like, and to go pro and to win the world title, I think if you were really asymmetrical, <laughs> like you probably you, you wouldn't have had a chance. Just come out with massive arms, just like yeah, that guy, that guy's got huge arms and shredded glutes. To be fair, so uh, those took you a long way. Um, yeah, in terms of like pushing body weight up, do you, is that uh, obviously you said you're going to push to new heights, which might sound like oh, you're pushing to new heights potentially. Is that new heights and body weight? Do you think that'll be at new? body fat levels like higher body fat levels or are you kind of keeping an eye on body fat levels due to the next competitive season you know with him i, I don't worry too much about the body fat because i know it'll come off really really quickly um and i know also yeah i think more than ever uh and i keep saying this but like he's more about like the business as opposed to just simply doing what he wants and like what, what's purely for fun and recreation so like, if this is what it takes, because, you know, I think sometimes I've kind of made an about face on this. I think in the past, I've uh, probably given recommendations for gaining phases that are maybe a, a bit too long. And I think that's perfectly appropriate for, say, an early intermediate, right? It's like, hey, just, you know, try a whole year, you know, 
you know, especially nowadays with Instagram, like most people come from a history of like yo-yo dieting. So, you know, w- with him, it's it's one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, time flies. Like I want to spend as much time as possible. And we are gaining in a non-ambiguous intake and intake that, you know, is using every possible hour. And it sounds a little bit excessive, every possible hour in the day to feed recovery, you know? Um, that's, that's the purpose of this. So obviously the cost of doing business is going to be elevated body weight and, you know, maybe there's some stones to turn there, right? It's like maybe, maybe in the past we stayed a little bit too tight and we didn't let ourselves grow as much as possible. So let's create the, the best environment uh, for, for that. So, um, and, and with him, we can take those risks again because, you know, body fat mobilization is, is not really an issue with him. Hi guys, Steve here. Just wanted to take a moment of your time to remind you of our online coaching service. At Revive Stronger, we pride ourselves on providing personalized service that will take your physique and knowledge to the next level. If you're interested, check the description and sign up. Waiting for a Jabba the Hutt looking Dirk. <laughs> like everyone's got their fingers crossed, like, come on, there's gotta be something wrong with this guy. He's just gonna get Jabba the Hutt, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it'll probably be your appetite that caps you first on the sounds of things and um i don't know if you agree with this alberto again coming back to training i always think with pushing body weight up so long as there's no reasons in terms of like timelines and things but if their training performance is just going up and they're not getting to like i don't know unhealthy levels of body fat i'm kind of like why would you cut it like early if you're still performing and feeling good so that that can i definitely can see the the merit to that and i could see that being really beneficial for dirk especially because he's traditionally stayed on the, the tighter side and i think that's something you've also learned potentially in your off seasons i've certainly learned it where maybe you stayed tighter because you can but it doesn't mean necessarily you always should yeah yeah 100 um and then you know the jump off the the initial uh coming out of prep i, I think for most people like there's that low in, of, of, of your set point that exists on the way down but on the way up from you know the contest prep trauma it's not exactly the same most of the time like usually you have to skip a little bit above that i, I know for myself low 170s like on the way down feels amazing like i'd argue i feel even healthier you know but like i probably need an extra five pounds on top of that on, on the way out so with him it's like there was this old threshold and his body needed to go beyond that in order to just feel 100% again. And then Dirk, is there, in terms of the the season in 2023, are your eyes stuck with the WNBF or are you looking to do any other shows at all? Uh, definitely WNBF. Like that's, that's the main thing. Like I hope there will be some more pro pro cups in the uh, Europe. So I think the only one is in, in Switzerland. Right now it would be super cool if there would be like a pro division in Germany, England, Spain or somewhere. But the main show will be definitely Worlds in next year. Yeah, this will be and the big one. <laughs> out of yeah. interest, just uh, outside of bodybuilding, um, in terms of like your off season, do you have like goals and ambitions that you now can achieve because you're well fed and stuff that you have you want to do before the next contest prep just because... I know what it's like when you're competing. Like you can be very effective and efficient, but sometimes the the stress just builds to a point. I, I don't know if you do, but I just was interested. Like like, like out of bodybuilding, you mean like life wise and stuff? Yeah, like I don't know. You, you are becoming you're a personal trainer, right? So you're kind of going further down. Like at my gym, things. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's so, like 
one of the things where I'm like now getting experience with, with different people and all that stuff. So yeah, one of the main things is like, like Alberto knows that I lived before in Thailand and the plan is <clears throat> like probably next year after prep, I want to move back there and then do their like personal training, maybe also like online coaching and stuff like this. And yeah, right now and the podcast, obviously. Mm. <laughs> the Nettie Boys. <laughs> yeah. I want to grow that, all that stuff. So yeah, we're doing the podcast right now with, with Wayne and Giraffe, Prime. Um, that's what we are focusing right now as well. And yeah, saving money right now. So that's a big thing. And yeah, that's like life-wise where I'm focusing right now. And like I said, one of the main goals, like next year, probably after prep, moving back to Thailand and doing everything from there then. So yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, from my end, I think people have a really good understanding of kind of who Dirk is, uh, kind of how great your coaching relationship was, why it was so successful, kind of the mistakes, not mistakes made, but kind of the, the challenges faced. And I think they were mostly due to like circumstances outside your guys's control but um you learned from those and i can only i mean considering that was the first prep i'm very excited for the next time round, and i can see how you could improve in such a short period of time as well so i think we're all interested to see this kind of 2023 season um to get people mm. interested also in alberto i realized i could have probably done a whole podcast with you alberto on your prep this season um because you're following, I guess, a similar process to Dirk. And you, I believe, have just gone through the initial kind of fat loss phase. And I think you're stabilizing a little bit. If, I'm, if I've been following closely enough, I'm not sure if I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Same thing, you know, setting myself up for that, uh, that, that jump off. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, man, every time you prep, it's like you, it's just a good reminder of, um, of what the athletes go through, you know, in a way, like already it's like, you know, prep's going to start May, June, somewhere around there. And I'm already thinking to myself, like, man, like, like, how am I going to, you know, balance this part of life and prep and that, and, you know, so it puts you in the hot seat. And so I, th I think it makes you a, a better coach. So I, I look forward, obviously I have my own ambitions as, as, as an athlete, and I'm glad that uh, I still have those, you know, because the sport has grown, right? And it's like, okay, I'm still kind of in the mix. So that's that's a privilege in itself. But um, but from a coach's perspective, it's it's one thing to have been through it, but you know how it goes. It's like you forget the trauma quite quickly, especially after you've done it a few times. So it's it's just a it makes me a, for sure a, a better coach every time I do it. I discover little things that, that can be of of use to my athletes that i can that i can pass on so it, you know i think you can definitely do this without competing yourself for sure you know if, if you're the right type of person but it always helps to go in there and uh and yeah just re get reacquainted with uh everything that an athlete goes through absolutely agree um and i love how much you're coming from that from like a being a better coach perspective because i know you're a, you're a fantastic competitor and uh what are your do you have particular like goals for the season do you have things in mind you want to achieve yeah yeah i think um man i'd like to uh, world is is definitely the the number one priority um 
I, I, I'd love to have a super stack lineup and just be up there in in that top five. And and I think uh, yeah, I've I've actually I've toyed around with the idea of doing NPC nationals like the Masters, you know, yeah. um, right? Uh, I just barely am barely going to miss the over forty. Um, but they got the over 35. So I'm thinking about that, but you know, world, I think, especially when it's, when it's stacked, um, honestly, like I made the comparison with, uh, with, uh, with Sean and Dirk, I think when we go like section per section, there is more drug-free talent that there is enhanced. Cause a lot of those guys have no idea how good they are. It's like, it's like, you look at their physique and, and it's like, it's like, so like, what do you do for a living, dude? And, you know, I'm a bus driver, man. You know, and you're <laughs> yeah. just like, because some of those guys are so good. They have, it's just, how they've always had it that way. They've never even thought about like doing anabolics. They're just, just these, these weird creatures, man. So I'd, yeah, I'd like to just go up there and, and uh, uh, hang with those guys. I think that'd be, if I, if I could get a top five at Worlds, I don't think I've ever gotten a top five at a Worlds show. I, always been just outside of that uh but to do it at worlds i think that would be that would be quite quite the feat for me and 2017 was that your last season that you yeah yeah and i probably would have done 2020 had had uh you know had and and then 2021 happened and i I, get, I let everyone know i'm like you do know that it's 2021 and we don't know just yet <laughs> yeah. uh, but i think things are, are pretty out. yeah yeah so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's been a while, but you know, it's like riding a bike, right? That's awesome. No, yeah, definitely. So thank you guys both for being on the show. Uh, I've really enjoyed this. Hopefully people have taken a lot away from it. Dirk, if people want to kind of follow your off season and then your eventual contest prep and also the podcast, uh, that you're on, I think every week, uh, where should they head? Yeah, the, that's the Netty boys pod, uh, podcast, Netty boys podcast with, uh, Wayne Camona and Twine Queen. We drop an episode, I think, like yeah, every one to two weeks episode, like an easy talk, talk about uh, bodybuilding or off-season, kind of documenting it or hot topics, all that. And uh, I'm mainly active on Instagram, Dirk, Emmerich, and then, um, how do underscore. I say it in English? Underscore. underscore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Underscore. Yes. Yeah. And there I post like mainly training stuff and yeah. And next year, the prep, I... We'll try to document it more closely than that one for sure. Yeah. Also, one Very thing exciting. I have could have done a little bit better on. <laughs> yeah. Now you're a modern day bodybuilder. We need to <laughs> put ourselves <laughs> out there a bit more. Or it's nice to, especially <laughs> for for from my perspective, to have seen into your prep even more closely would have been like that would have been really cool. So I think a lot of people enjoy that a lot, Dirk. So it's yeah, I will pressure, definitely do that. Yes, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and then Alberto. Yeah. Uh, where should people head for you? Uh, well, first of all, I just I, I love the fact that he has a podcast going. I think every time we see like young blood, like uh, really popping up, and especially natural bodybuilding, I think it's a it's a positive thing. And uh, so it, yes, yeah, it's, so it's been fun to watch them do their thing. It's just it's just a different take on on the sport we all love. Like they, for his birthday, they posted his uh, it was a Tinder profile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like that is. There was there was a bra in, on the bed, by the way. 
the hormones are back when we know you're back <laughs> on Tinder swiping. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's just, it's good to see that. It's good to see that because it's, it's a lovely sport. It's a wonderful option. You're right. Uh, and, and uh, just, just, you know, let, you know, catch these, uh, these, uh, these young guys early. I think that's, that's super important. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what we do. That's what I've been trying to do for, for a while now. Um, and I'm going to try to document this prep a little bit more. So I'll try to do that on Instagrams, on YouTubes. Awesome. Just because I think aside from like promoting the sport and promoting yourself as an athlete coach, uh, just gives you a lot of good memories to look back on, you know, um, cause realistically we're not going to do this forever. So it's uh it's good to have that photo album so yeah i'm on instagram's nunez 3dmj youtube team 3dmj and uh and yeah we're gonna try to do this uh one one more time and and uh and hopefully i can not just learn things uh, for myself but you know be able to to pass on what i learned to, to others efficiently amazing no i mean all i can say is you've you have done and you continue to do a fantastic job at that uh so thank you very much and uh yeah thank you both for coming on i'll make sure all of those are linked below in the description so people can have quick access to that and we'll talk to you soon cheers guys take care So I'm Steve Hall, founder of Revive Stronger and a coach of Revive Stronger. My name is Pascal Floor. I'm the co-owner of Revive Stronger and also a coach, of course. Revive Stronger has probably been going solidly for three years, probably roughly about three years. Revive Stronger, to me, it is becoming kind of my child, my foster child. It's the gathering and getting together of like-minded people. We've been expanding the coaching team, which is helping us help more people. Uh, but each coach can only help a certain number of people. Right now, it's all over the place. We have YouTube, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, but there isn't that community aspect behind that. And so the next step for us is developing a membership site. So basically, we want to create a family and a community that is then benefiting from another. A really cool community for people within our little niche is going to be a website. They will get early access to our podcast. You can access us, ask us questions, the community aspect. We have a forum there. You can ask questions, but also you can, you can lock your journey. There's also going to be courses on there, courses, presentations on different topics. Discount of past seminar footage. We will log our journey as well. We'll start vlogging. We're gonna have documentaries, our entire athletic journey. Furthermore, they get access to an exercise video library. The exercises that we love for hypertrophy and maximizing hypertrophy, we're gonna go through those in depth, telling you how to execute them. We kept them concise and also mobile friendly so that you can watch them in between your sets. I'm super excited to grow this community. The amount of value that we're gonna be delivering is huge. And I'd love you to be part of it. You will get so much out of that. I'll see you inside.